0: Welcome to Thinking Outside the Box with Gavin Rubinstein. Conversations between Gavin and the people he believes have trailblazed by thinking outside the box in their field, industry, or even just in his office. Okay. Hey, hey.
1: What's your middle name?
0: Michael. My dad's name.
1: Oliver Michael Lavers. That's it. Welcome to part two of Thinking Outside the Box.
0: Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. it.
1: Is it Thinking Outside the Box or Thinking Outside the Square? Does Square sound better than Box? Uh, Thinking Outside the Box with Gavin Rubenstein, it is. I like that. Let's just keep that in there. I like the box. Episode two rather than part two. Episode Episode two. I actually want you to put all that in it. I like that. That was natural. Just put all that in it.
0: Well, to Patrick Cosgrove last episode, they do say first the worst, second the best. So (laughs) good practice on guys. (laughs) Who do you think
1: is going to get more listens, you or Patrick?
0: I think everyone knows what's, what's coming now. So um, they know that it was a, such a professional and educating podcast that I think everyone's sort of looking forward to the second one. So I'm hoping that this, the second one's going to be every, the thing that people listen to. That was an amicable answer. He's not
1: usually that amicable. He's seriously competitive, and that's part of what we want to tap into. Tell me something. I mean, I want to cover a bit of ground today, you know, mainly kind of look underneath the bonnet so we can uncover some details that, you know, not everyone sees from the outside. I think that's that's key and that's what's great about these conversations. I also want to get a little bit personal if we can. First and foremost, your nickname inside the office that not many people know about is Golden Goose.
0: Golden Goose. Where'd you yeah. get that
1: nickname? Tell us about it.
0: Well, of course, it came from the man himself, <laughs> Gavin Rubenstein. I think it just sort of um, it blossomed from every now and then I've just come out with a golden egg. So no, no, a-
1: not Not every now and then.
0: Every now and then, I'm downplaying it. So, I would probably have a very, very good idea with buyers, and that's how I really started to work and actually understanding, you know, what they they wanted. No, it's
1: more than a good idea. You have a talent.
0: <laughs> I, you have
1: I, you have a talent. It is. Let's let's mm. call it what it is. You have a talent for identifying a specific buyer, what they want, and matching them to a property to mm. create a deal.
0: Correct. So, for instance, probably the most. Current one, we did one recently in Bellevue Hill where I hadn't even seen the property, but I knew that Gav showed another buyer through there. And I said, I knew it was renovated. I knew that the style of home was actually done by an interior designer. The layout worked for this buyer. The land size worked for this buyer. The price range didn't quite work for the buyer, but I knew they had a lot of money backing them. So as I said to Gav, I said, Gav, let's get this buyer through. Gav made it happen, of course. And then, you know, a week later with a bit of a a sticky negotiation and credit to you deal got done for eight and a half million with a, with a six month settlement. So I think that was pretty incredible.
1: Yeah. But what's incredible is, you know, you and I have been working together now for how long?
0: About six, seven years, seven years.
1: Right. And that's like dog years in real estate. Let me tell you for, for people who don't know the industry. And I would say, and I said this in the last podcast and I say it all the time, like real estate agents are known for being consistent with inconsistent behavior. Okay, so they have good months, they have bad months, they have good years, they have bad years. Consistently, since the moment we started working together, maybe not in the first year or two, but after that, you could create these opportunities and have these ideas that just almost came to you like an epiphany, like a light bulb moment where you said, this property here is suited to that buyer there. Where does that come from? That's what I want to know.
0: That comes actually from- First of all, I think getting deep with the buyers, actually understanding what they've missed out on. You know, the the questions I asked are actually going in depth to find out their family dynamic and understanding the certain layout that they require, understanding the house that they've missed out on, the areas that they want to be. And the weird thing is they either come to me in the morning or at night when I'm at home or I'm in the gym or I'm, I'm going for a coastal run along the coast at 5 a.m. That's when the ideas come. And I remember that's when you get the emails from me or the WhatsApp messages coming from me and going, you know, what about Mrs. Smith for this property? What about this or that? And then we just make it happen. So I think it's just always thinking about it, always thinking about buyers. And now that I'm running my own team, I've now got people that I need to feed. So I'm thinking about it more than ever to actually get these deal together, to actually feed my, you know, now family that I call uh, in the workplace. Do you love what you do? Love what I do. I would
1: say you're consumed by it. Very much so. Because if you weren't wholly consumed by it, how would you have these ideas at 5 a.m. in the morning or 10 o'clock at night? So you're constantly always on and thinking about real Mm -hmm. estate. And so, like, I study people who are at the top of their game everywhere, but particularly in real estate. And what I do notice is that if you want to succeed at the levels that Oliver Laver succeeds at, do you think you need to be consumed by it?
0: You have to. It's, it's a lifestyle. I know in, in my personal life, to get personal, it was impacted when you're trying to understand that real estate does take a certain lifestyle because it is your everything. So that's why your other half does need to understand that you are always on. I'm always on the phone. If my phone rings, I'm going to answer it. So it takes a special person to understand that on the personal side of things actually and support, actually, it. And, and support yeah. it because i can tell you very early on it was very very hard for my plus one rachel to understand that I remember, um I remember, remember that yeah. so we did have a stint there where unfortunately work became number one and now it took me a little while to understand that the balance and also rachel to understand the balance of what is required to to do what i want to do in this business and that's just not be mediocre
1: yeah so if you want to succeed in this game this particular business you can't half ass it you've got to be all fucking in 100% Tell me about Oliver Lavers because, you know, when I think about Oliver Lavers as a real estate practitioner, when I think about Oliver Lavers as a brand, you know, the the whole kind of body of where that's at today dismantles a lot of the myths um, or excuses, you know, you hear from the marketplace. So let me give you an example. You can't crack it into the Eastern suburbs marketplace unless you were born in the East, you know, or or you can't crack it in the Eastern suburbs marketplace unless you, you know, have a strong network within the community. You know, here's a kid who comes in cold from Canberra and he's just the very beginning of a major trajectory. What was it like when you started? Give me a bit of context versus where you're at today. Like, give me, give me the background for the people who don't know.
0: Understood. So I'm the last one of four kids. Didn't go very well at school. All my, my family, they're all quite intelligent people. Very. And, you know, my, one of my goals originally was I wanted to be the most successful. Now that goal has changed because it doesn't really mean much it's with family. But I had to have a, a few real estate jobs moving into where I am now, and I remember speaking to one of my mentors was actually my first real estate boss, Dave Gray. He was, he was gentleman, gentleman, legend, right? Absolutely, sold a couple of his properties. Yeah, good man. And, and he's still mentoring me today. But I remember chatting with him at, in Double Bay, and he said, "Look, if you can't make it with Gavin Rubenstein, real estate's not for you."
1: But hold on, I want to go before that. I want to, I want to peel it back. I want to know Oliver Laver's school. I want to know Oliver Laver's ambitions. I want to know Canberra transition to Sydney, first mm. job real estate. So I want to give me the background. In a summarized
0: version. Summarized version. You know, important points. Understood. Understood. All right. So I'd say the work ethic probably comes from my mum. She, my father died when I was younger and she had breast cancer that same year. So she's obviously very, very, an incredible lady, but raising four kids and going through that and working full time, that's probably where the work ethic comes from. To go back even further, probably in year eight and year nine, I was a fat kid. I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to, I was in the dancing scene and, you know, I wanted to get girls right? And I knew by losing weight, I could get girls, right? <laughs> so anyway, in, in the space Why of- Why are we
1: always <laughs> driven by what gets going I don't know. Right. It's, right. it's, it's what
0: we want, right? Big At drama, the time. Big so, you know, it, it starts from the mentality back then. If, if you want to do something, you will do it. So back then I wanted to lose the weight. I lost 12 kilos in like a three month period over the Christmas holidays. I came back to school in year nine and I came back as the new hot guy. No one knew who I was.
1: Right. First job was when?
0: First job was 15. I didn't need to work, but I started at Overboard, which is a, a surf shop in Woden in cool. Canberra. All right. And again, mum had no idea why I got a job
1: yeah I mean, she's a successful she was doctor. Successful. Yeah, yeah I
0: had had money, but I just I just wanted to jump in the workforce and and liked actually liked working and then trying to sell. I became their number one salesperson at fifteen sixteen right. and that was it was a small business, but there was three shops throughout Canberra. Sure.
1: and um, you you learn some things. I mean, you take yeah. things from that little experiences from a young age yeah. and this
0: starts to build the foundation, right? Exactly. And then well, I got a back injury through dancing and then got into the acting side of things, tried to move to Sydney.
1: Quite a theatrical. That's right. Adolescent.
0: That's it. That's it. And then moved to Sydney and moved in with someone that was a general manager of a real estate company in Ramwick.
1: So this is how it started. <coughs> that's Real right. estate was never on the horizon.
0: Never on the horizon. You
1: move in with someone, he's in real estate, that exposes you to what will be your future. Man, but at I, that
0: point, you didn't know. Exactly. So right. when I first moved to Sydney, I was, I was working at Hoyt Cinemas, general manager. Made $270 a week, 150 that went to rent. Didn't like asking mum for help. So I made muesli breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Homemade muesli. <laughs> Right? So I, I didn't have much money to live on. I good mem- for you. I remember taking hip flask out with me, going to the clubs, <laughs> not buying drinks, buying a Diet Coke, you know, doing what you have to do back then. I um, used to
1: take big uh, cans of goon in the park.
0: Yeah, but how are you to get into a club? Yeah, no, I wasn't in yeah. a club. This is when I was younger. Yeah, underage, yeah, yeah. not hip, that I underage drank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We still look underage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so shaved the beard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a
1: good thing, not a bad thing. Exactly. Continue.
0: Sorry. So, general yeah, manager Hoyt. General manager. And then, and then there was a sales position opened up at that company, so I went to went into there, and, and then. How,
1: what had, was that conversation <clears> like? Your roommate? How did that go? Like, how did you? Oh, they sort of
0: just they just sort of knew who I was. Okay. They and, thought... and what
1: was your driver to try it at that time? What was it like? Just more, make more money.
0: Oh god, I have the exact image in my mind. I was working at Star City at the time. I was doing the four thirty a.m. shift as a barista, and I remember this. Old guy. So you were a barista. This is after Hoyts. After Hoyts. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked, yep. So I went and worked at Star City. Right. Did the morning shift there and I saw at about 6am there was this Chinese gentleman, obviously been drinking quite a bit. He came over and just started throwing up in a bin and obviously got all over the floor. And then I saw a probably 60, 65 year old cleaner, this gentleman come and have to clean and mop the floor. And that's when I said, I can't do this forever. I need something that's going to make me where I want to be in my life acting's obviously not working. I need to jump into something that is actually going to create me some wealth.
1: Right. And so the universe presented as it does an opportunity that you thought was interesting and you wanted to explore. Correct. How did your first interview go? What were your initial thoughts on real estate as a business?
0: I'll be honest with you. My my mom did my registration, (laughs) (laughs) real estate (laughs) registration. Thanks mum. She did that online. Incredible lady. But again, I've I've always been the talker. I haven't always, I haven't been much of an academic. Yep. So my first interview, well, it wasn't really an interview. It was just more meeting my boss because I had the thumbs up from the person I was living with. She was the general manager. Okay. But then I learned everything from scratch. Okay. So I printed out A to Z of all the streets that were in the Randwick area. So so
1: mum was a doctor. No one else in the family did much real estate or, no or didn't know real no estate.
0: No idea. Mum okay. Mum doesn't even own an investment property.
1: Okay. And the first job you got was at mint 360 correct which is located where in randwick in randwick Okay, this is your first kind of entrance into the eastern suburbs correct as such yeah okay and what was the role
0: just a lead generator
1: okay yep. so a prospector
0: prospector okay yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 that, and like a pa
1: and how long did you stay there for a year and a half a year and a half why'd you leave
0: my mentor, David Gray,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he left to try the developing side of things.
1: Dave Gray's like a, a lot of people don't know because he's under yeah. the radar. He's like a mogul. This guy's got like eight officers. Uh, it, yeah, eight
0: offices. He um, kills it. was um, Port Macquarie, yeah, right. Crescent Head. He's got his hands in a lot of pies, but he's doing really, really well.
1: Smart dude, right. Yeah. So you speak to him for advice and he essentially-
0: Yeah, he, he put me onto his good friend at the time who was a recruiter and then a job opened up at Lang and Simmons Double Bay.
1: Okay, and so you got a position at Lang & Simmons Double Bay a year and a half later? Yep. With the role as what?
0: PA to one of their directors.
1: Okay, and how long were you there for?
0: Again, that was probably a year and a half as well. Yeah.
1: Okay, and why'd you leave there?
0: Because I got contacted by a guy called Jerome Schrott who worked for <laughs> Gavin Rubenstein. And that was after I had posted a big signboard on, on New South Ed Road with my ugly face on it saying sold two off market. And I recently put a video up for Bolcar Road and I think Gav then could see that I was hungry and doing anything possible to get my name out there. Yeah, oh, there was uh, there was no restrictions back then. It was just me trying to put my face on signboards, on sold stickers, on letterbox drops because I'd listened to a lot of podcasts and they had all said this is what you need to do to start getting traction in an area
1: to build profile. I mean it was, it was interesting. I think that's how you initially piqued my interest mm-hmm. and pat jokes about it on the last podcast like oh when you you know picked Oliver over me when we were talking about a, a, a role. But um what was most appealing about you at the time was your follower mm-hmm. you know so at the time i think i was you were the first kind of junior agent i had hired and if we talk i think it's seven years ago maybe even eight so mm-hmm. this is going back a long time yeah, yeah. we were looking for someone who would make sure that we missed None of the froth, the overflow. You used let's to call say. me the goalie. The goalie, mm. right? Because we would notice that Jerome and I were at capacity and that people who were coming through our open homes were putting their homes on the market. And it's not about us losing those opportunities. We didn't even know about them. So clearly we were maxed out. We needed someone whose follow-up would be relentless and not let us miss any of those opportunities. Mm. So what was great was Jerome called you. You actually missed the call, mm. but you had called him back. And you didn't even know his number at the time. And you had said, look, I just missed a call from this number. It's Oliver, what can I help you with? And I know that shit sounds basic, Mm. but 99% of real estate agents, if they don't have a voicemail on their phone, they're not calling you back.
0: Yeah, people miss that.
1: They miss that. and and, Always
0: call back a number.
1: And these are the basic Mm. principles that you need to follow as a religion if you want to succeed in real estate. It's not easy, but it's not complicated stuff. Very right? simple stuff. It's simple stuff. And so at that point, I was like, this cat clearly has what we're looking for. So let's meet him. And then, you know, I guess the rest was history. Okay. So you and I started, you, you, you and I essentially from there kind of built the business together. But at the beginning, when you, when you began the role with me, it wasn't all smooth sailing, right? Let's, let's tap into that. Let's understand that. Like You didn't hit the ground running. Tell us about it.
0: Well, look, I, I think you're starting an area fresh. Like when I was working for uh, Lang and Simmons, my job really wasn't to prospect. It was to be a PA, to you know, help him manage his time. So I was prospecting in my free time, yep. which obviously I was trying to make money. I remember I was referring more to property management because I was getting referral fees or doing finance deals. Trying
1: to try make some um, coin. Just trying to make some money, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: So... But I knew what I had to do. So again, in this area, like I did with Ramwick, I printed out A to Z of all the streets of, of our patch, Clues, Rose Bay, Belby Hill, Dover Heights. And my job was was to try to get as many owners in my database as possible and, and keep them updated with with sales and information. You know, I got a few F offs at the start and then I turned them around and, and now, you know, they're potential clients. So the first year I remember, you know, I remember speaking to you probably six months in and we'll, I was coming in the office at 7.30. Mm. Now we're up at 4.40 in the morning training. Mm. I'm leaving it. At- Seven okay. o'clock at night, my personal relationship is failing.
1: That's the Gavin effect.
0: You know? yeah. If you want that effect,
1: <laughs> join GR. <Gio. laughs>
0: yeah. I mean it works in his life, three months relationships. <laughs> anyway, continuing on. Uh, cut that out, he won't like that.
1: You <laughs> <laughs> can keep on that. I yeah, like yeah. the real shit. Yeah, yeah. So so you were you were first year in, yep. you're doing early mornings, you're doing late nights, yep. you're working your ass off. Yep. But you I mean you, we were almost at quitting point, breaking point. What I, tell I, us I, about that?
0: I, I remember saying to you, I said I, I don't know what I'm doing this for yeah. because I wasn't seeing the reward
1: I remember
0: look my goal is I want to be successful what what success looks like to me may be different to someone else but I, I know what I wanted yeah so therefore when I wasn't getting the rewards that I wanted after like belting myself on the phones I remember going to sales meetings and people going no one's calling as much as Ollie Ollie calls the most too. in the office. Yep. And that's out of 26 like salespeople like in the office. Like a
1: telephone terrorist.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't just a, hey, you're selling, hey, you're selling. It's actually a proper in-depth conversation, trying to get these people to like me from the instant you know, we say hello. Trying to build rapport. Trying to build rapport. Like in in my eyes, there's no such thing as a cold call. Yeah. It's a warm call. It's all about the first line. It's about the tonality of your voice. So it takes a lot of energy. So I used to come home and be absolutely dead.
1: Yeah. He's Um, a wizard on the phone too. You should hear this guy on the phone.
0: Wizard. Appreciate, it. thank you, but, but I enjoy it as well. But that's that's when, yeah, it, it comes down to you know if you're doing all this work, it's very hard. But you weren't seeing the reward at the I wasn't, beginning, I and I it wasn't. was
1: frustrating you. And we had the conversation. I remember you approaching me, being like, "I'm killing myself, and I'm not, I'm not what getting the wins, right? I'm not what making, I'm not right? making the money." So how did you overcome that?
0: Just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> Fucking that's
1: it. you know you know what? it's crazy.
0: It, it's like it is that. Simple. It's just compounding positive productivity over time. You have to win, have to.
1: And so, when did it break? Not. I, I want to get into phase two of you building your own team next, but like yep. that period, because the seal broke for you probably two years into working with me. I would say. Yeah,
0: I'd probably say the same. So and I you mean, started to make some coins. There's always progression. Yep. Gav, you've always, always been huge on on always. progression, making the next year yep. better than your last. Yep. So I've taken that into consideration. It's just all of a sudden. There's like, it just clicks and, and the mirror breaks yeah. and and you understand the game. Yeah, you yeah. understand what people are looking for. Yeah. You understand what vendors want to hear or need to hear. Yeah. You understand how to talk to people. Yeah. You understand that age is just a number. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I've always had this issue that I am sure. from Canberra and I haven't had the network up here. And as soon as you get over that belief issue in yourself, and you know, thanks to Gav for, for pushing me through that, that's when when it will break
1: how important
0: is confidence not arrogance
1: because i think there's a fine fine line and they can often be you know misunderstood but
0: how important is confidence it's very important but i always think that competence breeds confidence you have to be competent
1: a fucking gold so true so so like the more you know your craft, the more research you do, product knowledge, the more you
0: dedicate. You ask me about one property in my four oh, you know suburbs, I will know everything. You know you I'll know who yeah. bought it. You're an expert. The price. I remember dates. So you just need to think that I am a professional in this field. You know, you, you always say you're, you're the practitioner. Mm. I'm not a little kid anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm here to do a job. I'm here to get the best price for the vendor, and I'm here to put deals together.
1: Yeah, and you, and you do a phenomenal job with that. I love that. Competence. Breeds
0: confidence, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and taking that back even further, there, there was a time where I, I tried to be Gavin Rubenstein. You know what I mean? I, I, remember. I was trying to, I remember. you know, mirror success of what I thought success was, mm. and then I became comfortable with with who I was. As soon as I sort of became comfortable with who I was, and that's, I think that's really when things started to pop. Things took off.
1: Okay, so then we worked together for a really great year. We had a great run, uh, seven times number one i think five of those years was with you obviously the support i always like to use you know the the sportsmen analogies when you know you have a look at say what we're going through in nba national basketball association at the moment with the lakers you had lebron in his first year there those guys didn't even make the playoffs then anthony davis joins the team first year in these guys win a chip. What was interesting was Anthony Davis before in the Pelicans, one of the most talented players in the NBA, you know, could never get past like first or second round playoffs. So what's interesting about that analogy and why I bring it up is like Anthony Davis without LeBron couldn't take it to a certain height and LeBron without Anthony Davis couldn't take it, you know, to a certain level. And I always use that you know, analogy, not necessarily that direct one, but that sort of example with you and I I always said, like over those five years, the business TRG wouldn't have been TRG without Ollie Lavers and Ollie Lavers wouldn't have been Ollie Lavers without TRG. Mm, And that's what I think just makes a beautiful partnership, you know, and that's what I think a lot of people miss. So anyone in and out there who are having like aggravations or struggles or like, you know, parting ways or trying to work out what is the equation you know, I think what's worked for us, I don't know what, you know, the future will hold, but what has worked for us so far has been, we've just provided mutual value to each other. 100. Right. Yeah. So we had a great, great run at an office in Double Bay together, and then we ended up leaving and we've opened up, you know, Ray White TRG. What did the conversation look like when we were going through that process and we were opening up the office between you and I? And let's get, I want to know the, the crux of it. Tell me everything.
0: Well, there's obviously no hesitation in my mind to, to come with you. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, that, that was 100%. never, that was never, never a question. Never a question. So I think, you know, credit to you that you're always speaking on behalf of the family and the half of, you know, TRG, you know, there was, there was five of us at the time and there was just, you no know, question. you know there was no question. No. Everyone, everyone came, we're on board with whatever, you know, is best for us in terms of our conversations i mean that and was it, that, that was, was an interesting conversation that, was interesting. that, that yeah. wasn't
1: too long ago no and, I, well,
0: and it's amazing i guess you know i look back and go geez like a lot has happened in 12 sh- months like, i'm going gonna,
1: I'm gonna to talk about that but
0: like that's that's like i i it for me that feels like it was years ago i'm talking Christ. about five years ago
1: you're a different person. Uh,
0: different person so i was i know, was a different person i was on a salary you know i had a, like a commission a, you're on a good salary i, was on good good I wouldn't say i would say a shit salary with a good split. <laughs> Um, okay, it's so the same yeah, yeah. thing though, right? It's not the same thing because splits <laughs> mean you're hungry. Salary means you sit back, relax, put your feet up. You've got to motivate salespeople. Exactly. So, but again, there, you know, with the salary, you do feel a little bit more comfort. We don't want comfort. And, and I, I bought a property and, you know, I've got a mortgage and I'm more of a conservative type. So therefore there was that thing of becoming an independent contractor. But what
1: was the conversation yeah. like? We opened the office. What was the conversation you and I had? What did I say to you? Back yourself. And? You're going out on your own. I'll tell you the conversation. You tell me, you tell me. And you have to hire an
0: assistant. Oh yeah, fuck.
1: What did you say about that? (laughs) What did you say about that? Tell me what you said about that.
0: I just, I just, I just didn't believe that I was getting to this stage. I couldn't believe that I was now going to have to pay for someone's salary. You know, I'm, I've coming from a, a, I was losing my own salary, Mm. chasing my own splits. Mm. And now moving offices and not having a salary and now I'm having to pay someone in a new in a new brand in a new brand I'm like how on earth is this going to happen but of course Gav just says just trust it yeah. Just trust it. This, so, is, this is what you need to do. And you, once you understand you have to do this, your career will blossom. And I remember when you're an independent contractor, you have to pay insurances. And we, that was, that was a couple of grand. I was like, oh, we, I'm not paying these insurances. We, we yeah. blew up
1: over it. We yeah. were housed in a temporary office, like in a foreign place. And you and I blew up about it. But, you know, 12 months into it, what did you write and commission?
0: Over a million bucks. It's like a million and 46
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. I love that. I just know you could do shit like that. we got to incorporate more of that. First year out. That, and that's wild. Like, mm. you know, that to me is wild because I don't know how many people can say, first year out, they wrote business at that volume, mm. you know, and then you, you cut it to like the following six months, which is where you're at now, and you're on track to double that.
0: Well, with, go-
1: yeah. with mm. an additional team member. So now yeah. you've got three. Yeah, you know. So, tell me about the growth because that's like enormous in my mind. And of course, you pushed yourself, you backed yourself, you made a small investment of fifty thousand to put on your your first mm. PA mm. versus what you you wrote. So the ROI there is huge. Yeah. What else did you do? I, I mean, in terms of practice, because that's just a huge achievement.
0: Again, I think it's just understanding the business, understanding what you need to do to be income producing. So you need to get rid of the rubbish. You need to understand what is going to make me money. Filling out agency agreements myself is not going to make me money. Yeah. Doing proposals for myself is not going to make me yeah, money. But I
1: know you're not just in this for the money. I mean we all no. like the money, but I know you've got that thing like it's it's not just about the money. No.
0: Well, it's it's the for me, it was the confidence to go into these these pictures by myself. Yeah. It was, I no longer have to rely on Gav to come and support me. People like me. They want to deal with me. I can do- People love you.
1: They don't I, just
0: I, I, can, I can do this by myself now. I don't,
1: There was a client in the office before, I swear, we just came from <laughs> there, and she is hugging and kissing Ollie. She's so amazing. And the husband says, you've never seen a client professional relationship like my wife and Ollie- you know, and they' just so happy and thrilled mm-hmm. with the you know the value he provided them over such a long period of time. And I swear to you, this is wild. She said this. Um, I'm not going to mention any names, but she said, having to see you for the amount I had to see you, like if another agent would have got me three four hundred thousand dollars more, I still would have preferred it to have been you mm. because I only mm. like dealing with you. I don't, I've never heard anything like that before. I thought it was wild.
0: Incredible. Um,
1: but, back, but, but the message here, for the people who are listening, if anyone listens, <laughs> is, you know, back yourself. Yeah. and And to. don't have doubt and have the confidence, but back yourself if you've got the work ethic and you've got the process, you know, and you show up and so –
0: I'd say back yourself and be yourself.
1: Back yourself, be yourself. If you've got the process, don't, Mm -hmm. don't have, you know, delusions of grandeur where you think you can just go and make an investment and all is going to be fine. You built a foundation. You did the work consistently. Every single day you hit the phones. You still, every single day hit the phones. You had the vision. There is not a morning. There is not a morning where you are not up at 4.30 in the gym at five o'clock, you are possibly the only person i've never had to pull up or hold accountable to show up and work hard why
0: it's your own why it's why you're doing it really as soon as your why is strong enough you never have to be pushed
1: so you got to have a why
0: you got to have a why you got to you got to go deep understand your why of what you want if you are you know, every now and then, you know, I just, I just made a purchase that again, you sort of pushed me into. It was a big purchase for me. It was on, it was, it was my screensaver for the past 12 months. And, uh. <laughs> I didn't
1: push you into it. It was your idea. No, no, and no, I no. just tipped you over yeah, the edge.
0: Yeah. Look, it's, uh, I wanted it, but it was an uncomfortable purchase for me because it wasn't the smartest purchase, but it was a great purchase in regards to a brand. Yep. And an energy builder. Oh, energy builder. All, all that, all that. But there was a time there like once I had made that and made the decision to buy it and I, I got it that I I sort of lost my energy for about a week yep. and I, I didn't know what I was working towards Yep, and that's why I had to reset everything. I actually sat down, I'm very into goals, I unpacked everything onto a piece of paper, just handwriting piece of paper, no screens, I sit at the beach and I go through what's in my mind and what do I want, what's the next step for Oliver Labours
1: you need to have something to chase if you have that sort of, I mean, look, I guess everyone is different, but I know where we, I mean, we're different in a lot of ways and we're similar in some ways. And some of the ways we're similar in is our ability to keep going. Mm. Um, and we, we like setting goals and we like chasing them. And Steve, this client I'm talking about who we just sold for, you know, it was just in the office. We started talking about basketball so Loves it. Bringing it back there, and he said, "You know what was great about because I'm fanatical about the, the '90s Bulls and that that Jordan documentary. Like I watch that every three, four weeks. That just is the best TV I've ever seen." And he said, "What made the Bulls great were the Pistons. You know the aggressive guys that they talk about, Isaiah Thomas and those guys." And he's like, "The Bulls." got that energy and that drive from chasing the pistons. They wanted to better themselves to be able to dominate and beat the pistons. And I think there is, there's so many, you know, hidden messages or hidden lessons that you can take from that, you know, applying any sort of business and learn from, but I agree with you hundred percent. Identify your why, you know, and know what you're chasing. What does the future look like for Oli Davis?
0: That's an interesting one. And again, this is me unpacking and understanding what, what I want because the bigger picture is something that I'm still trying to work out. You know, I think Gavin and I have a lifelong friendship and business partnership, so I don't see anything moving and changing there. We both look after each other and, and now understand each other more than most. So it's, it's going to be expanding the team, you know, putting up bigger numbers and just thinking bigger picture.
1: Got to think big.
0: Got to think big. No like one thinks big enough. You know, I have some Canberra friends going, wow, you're doing this. And in my mind, I'm like, it's all just become normal for me now. Yeah. So now I need to actually, I actually still need to plan my future and what I want out of it and what is my end goal. I mean, right now I'm focusing on the next goal, which is buying a, a semi, you know, getting out of the apartment market into a semi yep. and then after that be a house, but that's all the boring stuff. I it's think that comes through life, stuff, you know, yep, yep. but in terms of work, it's just, I guess, wanting to build my own brand of, of Oliver Labors and my own team that, that is, you know, supporting that. And, you know, I've, I've got a, a great EA at the moment that is, is hundred spent Catherine, uh, she's very, very supportive, Catherine Pierce, she's a gun, she's a gun. She's, she's, an she's an absolute fantastic. gun. She wants to win more than I do. I love her. Yeah. She's incredible. She's,
1: she seriously, I'd say she was, you know, we've had a couple of really good new additions to the office. So I couldn't like single one out because I love them all. But like in terms of the value she's brought you and the value she brings you on a daily basis, she's just such a special individual, isn't she?
0: The best thing I, I love about her is that I, I haven't got to follow it up. You yeah. say it once, it's done. Yeah. Once and it's done. Not have you done this? Have you done this? Yeah. It's just ask the question. An hour later, sends an email back. Done. You
1: need good people to win. You can't do it solo. Like even solo sports like tennis, Serena Williams. You watch that Netflix playbook where yeah, she's I got you have that, time
0: to watch his Netflix. Jesus. That that
1: that, <laughs> that um that coach. You know, I watch things I'm going to learn from. Always, I find time to get. Mm knowledge because it's value to me and her game was so off till she got that coach who got her back on track and just like she knows how to play tennis but he just gave her a little bit of gold that just changed it all for her i mean i i really believe in having the best people in and around you to make you great
0: 100 percent.
1: so there's nothing else in particular from a professional point of view that you're chasing right now
0: i think it's just to get better yeah i want to harness my skills Yeah, You know, I I listen to a lot of podcasts and, you know, I hear John McGuire saying you need a 10 out of 10 listening presentation. And right now I'm not a 10 out of 10. So I think it's just, you know, being comfortable in me and just having great skills that you can't lose.
1: Yeah. Before we wrap up, I think we close on this. Anything particularly in terms of advice that you would give someone, whether they're in the industry, you're looking to get into the industry about making excuses or say the myths of what would restrict them from succeeding, say, in you know, one of the most competitive markets in, in Australia being the East? What would, you, what would you tell them?
0: Have a plan and don't give up. I went to a conference once and there was a trainer on stage and he said, call every single number that you can get your hands on. If there's a number, screw it up on a piece of paper and it's thrown in the bin, call it. If there is a a list of numbers that an old real estate agent in the office has, call them. I have built my business and my database, not from doing anything smart, but just by doing the work and finding out where people live And starting off with one call that they don't know me, but 10 calls later- Sometimes
1: they say no to you. A lot of the time. A lot 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 of the
0: time they tell you to piss off. Yeah. But you you turn those people to clients. Remember that guy, Ricky, that told me to F off in the (laughs) first relationship? And now I'm I'm selling his house off market, you know? So, you know, it's what I'd say is just don't stop and believe yourself, be yourself and just go for it.
1: Yeah, that's gold. I think like major, just to, to summarize what I get from you is always be yourself. I think that's number one. And number two is, you know, when I asked you, what, what was the key in terms of getting over that? And you said, you never stop. And that's sometimes a hard thing to kind of get your head around. Amazing discipline. It's been an honor working with you so far. Excited to see what you do. Look, if I could invest money into stocks and Oliver Laver's brand was a stock, it'd be into you. So um, we look forward to watching your uh, evolution continue.
0: Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you for me. having me. My pleasure. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Thinking Outside the Box with Gavin Rubenstein. Subscribe now for future episodes.